the lumber town of Otari, with its storied past and a fair share of sinister secrets, has been fairly quiet in recent decades. Over the 400 years since its inception, the surrounding area has been the launching pad for many famous adventurers, and as a result, most of the ancient ruins have been fully explored, much of their mysteries already solved. But when the mysterious gauntlet, an eerie landlocked lighthouse, begins to glow with a baleful light, the people of Otari suspect it's an ominous prelude to sinister events. The call goes out for a new band of heroes to save the day. Those heroes are... Mukta. One's path in life may shift like the sands. You have to adapt or be buried. Halarmony Higgins. Can I play something for you? New Lara. Hey, I know that it's scary, but you have to get up. Okay? Take my hand. Ugh. Very good. Let's go. Clovis. Nature is not to be put in order. Nature is order. It is for us to put ourselves in unison with this order. The time has come to enter the Abomination Vaults, Ruins of Gauntlet. Deep beneath the growing blue glow of the Ruins of Gauntlet, we find our heroes cautiously treading upward towards the surface. Having encountered the Cult of the Canker, a mysterious group of ghouls living in the library beneath the ruins, the party is feeling exhausted and ready to head back to Otari. The camera switches to a far view from the end of a long hallway where previously they fought and defeated a miststalker. We can see our slightly disheveled party exiting the library cautiously, sneaking up towards the staircase that takes them to the surface. As this is happening, we see Hal's dancing lights flicker across the darkness, causing shadows to dance across our heroes' faces. The camera zooms in closer, slowly, as we hear the voices of two of the characters conversing. The camera continues to draw in closer, making you feel more intimate as you watch. As the characters come closer into view, making their way up the staircase towards Volok's office. And as the camera pulls in and settles, we can see that Clovis is in the midst of a conversation with Nulara, and we begin to hear their voices as the camera gets closer. So, Clovis? And Nulara... Hey, um, so what do you yeah. think about uh, Hal, Hal becoming uh, mayor? What are, your, what are your thoughts? Wait, are we actually serious about that? Uh, I just want to know your thoughts. I know at the um, at the party with the mayor, uh, I, was, I was pretty impressed with uh, how, how alarm and he worked the crowd and, you know, came over and tried to help me out. Mm-hmm. I agree. He was very impressive, but I also feel that if we throw this on him, that we would he he might be forced to set aside his actual goal. 
of, you know, wanting to create a story and succeeding here and just bragging about it to Caroline's father. Also, he's kind of young. He just turned 18, Clovis. Yeah. I forget about that a lot of times. Um, He carries himself so well. I know he's very mature for his age. Yeah. All right. I just I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I um. And were you leaning into helping him get the seat, or? Um, I think so. Uh, yeah. Just wondering if uh, if he became mayor, if he would be uh, open and and you know, understanding what's happening with the mill and uh, and you know the forest out there. You know, if he's uh, if he can make changes or understand the best, what's best for the town instead of what's the mayor who's just all into this uh, profit and, and uh, killing the forest all for his own gain. But you know, he I is young. He may uh, maybe yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm just looking at you. Is that hmm? Do you usually get out of the forest, Clovis? Uh, or you haven't been out of the... Because you had to solve something. Yeah, I, I haven't been out of the forest in a while. I, I didn't grow up in the forest, uh, but I have been in the forest for a, a, a long time. But uh, yeah, let's just say something has brought me out of the forest. Hmm. Well, I do... If there's anything that I can do to help with this problem, I... I think for us to make how the mayor, number one, we we have to ask him first, like what his view, what his view on it is, because I don't think we ever really asked for his opinion on it. Um, he's just always been the more, the most personable one among all of us. So he usually speaks, but yeah, we never really got his opinion. And then after that if he wants to become the mayor then we've grown into being the team that we are now and you gotta stick with your team so I agree Mukta you know when he mentioned it uh, he got my wheels turning I hadn't really thought about it before but it does make a lot of sense and uh, you know I'd have a lot more to share if uh, if he decides that maybe this is something he wants to do so alright just wanted to just wanted to get your thoughts. I value oh, yeah. your uh, your opinion. So, oh, thank you. Also, thank you for keeping us alive. You and Hal do great on that. Oh, so do you. You worked uh, really on giving him a lot of the good berries. You uh, you stepped in front of that guy and took some took some shots from me too. So I appreciate that. We all uh, we're all having each other's backs. We're a pretty good team. Okay. Okay, so as you guys are kind of having this conversation, you're making your way up through Volok's sort of workshop. You see, coming through this room, you know, you see uh, Borbo's goblin body. It's still floating in this tank of water, and as the dancing lights float in, you can see, you know, you've you freed Borbo's soul, and it's passed into the afterlife. It's eerie to see what this goblin's body looked like, still well-preserved, floating in a tank of some sort of liquid. And uh, as you guys continue pushing up towards the surface, Mukta, can you do me a favor and just roll a flat check, a DC, just a, a D20? Sure. That's not anxiety-inducing at all. 
this is my my flat check for no, oh my god already? for a wand. It's okay, the, get it out of the way. The reason I had you roll is because I knew you had a higher chance at rolling low. Exactly. Yes. So this was my wandering monster check. Fantastic. So yeah, the, the worst one. So I'm gonna move you guys up towards the surface. So I'll activate this. The, the GM asks and Mukta delivers. Yeah. This is why our next emote is going to be a Mukta crit fail. Because oh. it's, it's <laughs> brutal. It's yes, pretty it appropriate, actually. No. Okay, so um, what what is your guys' marching order? Since it's relevant uh, now. I'm usually in the front. Makes sense. Okay. I'll be behind Nolara as uh, I have to move the lights in front. Oh, hi, Hal. I would probably be trailing then uh, in the back near the dim uh, dimness of the dancing lights. Got it. Yeah, as you guys come up out of the, the beneath the ground, right, you come up to the surface, and up here, there's no need for dancing lights anymore because the daylight, it's, it's midday. You can see the sun streaming through the broken, like, roof of this little building. Um, it's, you know, you probably felt on your body that it was much later, but it's got to be somewhere around midday. And so Nulara uh, is the first leading up, and I'm assuming you guys are still in your very normal uh, things, avoiding detection, searching, you know, defending. Right. So Nilara comes out of the door and uh, into this like workshop where you once met the uh, the little brownie called Tangletop. And as you turn the corner, you see a familiar face, Nilara, because right in the building, you know, right at the end of the hall, rooting around, appears to be a giant scorpion, once the pet of Boss Strong, just rooting around here. And as you step up, it turns and it locks eyes with you. And with its body language, you can totally tell this thing is very hungry. Uh, does anyone remember what Boss Scrog used to calm him down? Well, I don't know. We could have asked the tribe, but uh, apparently they got slaughtered. Uh, <laughs> is Boss Scrog strong? Strong, I think. Is his body here? He totally forgot about him, guys. <laughs> don't worry, that was like eight episodes ago. Uh, where Where is Boss Scrong? I mean, last time we left him, he was perfectly fine. I know. Boss Scrong. So as you're sitting here having this conversation, as time's passing, this thing's like looking at you, and then it's it's charging now. Like you haven't oh. done anything to dissuade it from uh, from actually charging. So we are in initiative. So I don't think it would even understand me. Let's roll for the scorpion. I'm going to have to go back completely and hold on. Same. Yeah. Ooh, a second natural one of the night. Look at th- look at that in chat. Two natural ones in a row from the party. It is just not your night. Let's just get him out. We're just getting him out of the way, right? Like from now on, we have the Nular crits coming our way. Exactly. Well, I I need to manifest wrong. this. Manifesting it right now. Laura, you're the shit. Huh? Clovis got a pretty good initiative. You're a great ass fight. Sorry, I'm just. Where's the Where's the scorpion at, guys? I assume it's uh. I listen. I assume it's to the right. Whoa! What a roll. Okay. 
And say that's a one. Yeah. Did my that's, okay. Perfect. Okay, so first round of combat. Mukta, as usual, even though you're hiding in the back, Michael. you are the first to react to the threat. Bringing in the action from the shadows, what would you like to do? I hear Nulara tell us that this the scorpion is now charging towards her. I would like to stride out. I can go through. Can I go through uh, allies? Yes, you can. All right. Okay. All right. Second action, pull out my short bow and go in for attack. Yes, you okay. will. Now he is flat-footed because it's your, you act before in combat, right? Indeed. Very good. All right. So I will target the scorpion and say, where is your master? And fire. Go. 29 is a critical hit. Nice. So there we go, Mukta. Wow, not bad. 23 points of damage to the giant scorpion. The arrow flies out, lodges itself between the chitinous plating of this thing. It rears back in agony. You bloody this thing in one hit. Whoa. All right. Third action, I will strike again. Okay. Much better than a natural one, I will say. Uh, 21 is a hit. Ah. For eight points of damage. Eight more damage, yeah. As it opens its mouth to scream, you sail another arrow to shut it up. That's my turn. Perfect. Clovis. Hi. Hey, I'm going to to a stride right next to Mukta. That's right. Nular crit indeed, chat. Very nice. Much better than Mook to fail. Then I'm going okay. to shoot acid at it. 22 is a hit. For five points of acid damage, it no resistance or anything, so it takes the full acid damage. Nice. Uh, that is my turn. Okay. So this scorpion um, immediately (laughs) runs away from you guys. I was going to say, hey, we can talk about this, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, no, it... it, Oh, he's pretty fast. He's got a 40-foot movement speed. Come back. Okay, so it spends its turn doing three move actions, three, three stride actions to run away from you guys as quick as it can. It but it, like it, it's broken down the door that was like here. There's still part of a door that's like shattered as it runs out, um, but it, it just books it because you guys have almost killed it in one turn. All right, oh. Nilara, what would you like to do? I don't. Is there anything in here? How did he even fit through those doors? It was pretty big. One of the doors you guys disassembled, and now the other one kind of got, like, completely broken. Um, can I do a seek action just to see what's in this area? Uh, I mean, yeah. What are you looking for? 
Like, how did me. you end up here? I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, make us seek action. We'll see if you can figure out, you know, where he came from, how he, how, what you notice in the area related to the scorpion. Because wasn't he in a place that required a lot of effort from him and Boss Scrong to like? Mm-hmm. He used to be locked away. Yeah. In like so a little cage, like a room out. that was a cage. I mean, a seek action is what you can see in the immediate area, not necessarily what you, you know, he's not thinking about, like, how he get out. But, like, in the immediate area, you look around, and you just look at his actions. It definitely looks like he was rummaging in here. It looks like he's been in here a while, like, maybe. Like, looking for food? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely rummaging through, and, and the way he's gone through this room, it looks like he's looking for food. And the muddy footprints that lead in and out shows he's probably been in and out of here a lot in the last couple of hours. I look back to uh, Clovis and Mukta. Guys, did you forget he actually helped us defeat the priests in that chapel before? He looks like he's going to eat you, Lara. Uh Yeah, I think that was uh, before uh, Mukta and I Isn't were with you guys. We... No, you were with us. <laughs> it was That's the first thing we did. <laughs> he was our icebreaker. Listen, oh, if the druid said it's okay to kill, then it's okay to kill. In the uh, desert. You have to react quickly. I've seen many folks yeah. we, get uh, killed and turned on by supposed yeah. pets. So, yeah. he's obviously hungry, and uh, we got to protect ourselves. So, I'm gonna follow after. Do I see anything else? Yep, I think oh, you should be able to see it. I don't know what else to do. I'll if he attacks, then I'll attack him. Okay. That's the end of my turn. I'm going. I'm going to say, I don't want to be here, and I'm going back down the stairs. <laughs> okay. But I thought you wanted to go back to town. <laughs> so you go uh, back down. I thought you didn't want to be down there, Hal. I don't want to be eaten, <laughs> and I will uh, hide and I'll cast the shield, and then I'll try to hide and be really quiet. Yep. Okay. <laughs> So, Hal dips. Uh, Mukta. I mean, there's two choices we can we can make here. Are we going to hunt it down and kill it, or are we going to let it run away? I was right. trying to um, maybe track it and see if it could lead us oh. back to maybe where uh, Boss Grong is. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Skrong. So, I will stride first. Uh-huh. That's uh, 25 feet here. Laura, did you see where it went? He's right across the river. Right here. All right, I will. Um... How is he gonna fit through there? Second action to go out here, and then my third action, I would like to survey the ground and try to see if I can see any of Boss Krong's footprints or only the scorpions. Sure, give me a perception check. You look around and for a moment you see some tiny footprints that you think might actually belong to Boss Krong, but upon closer investigation, they are definitely um, not Boss Krong's. They are your own. Uh, you only see your groups and the scorpions. Prince, you see no sign of Boss Krong's. I don't think Boss Krong was with him when he came in here. You think what he's alright? I think so, but how did he get out? 
I'm not sure, but do you think we should follow? Mm. Let's sit. I think we should sit uh, sit quietly first and see what it'll do. All right, and that's all three of my actions, and that's my turn. Okay, Clovis. So Clovis will come out here to see what's happening. Where did it go, guys? Right there. You see, you see across the river, like fleeing at full speed. I'm going to <laughs> attack it. Ray of Frost. Set. Okay. Uh, 25 is a hit. Six points of cold damage. Uh, you blast it, and it gets covered in like a bit of frost. But it is not dead. Clovis, hold my turn. We're trying to see if it can lead this back to Boss Grom. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. We should have communicated it. It's our bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'll may- maybe I'll keep running now that I hit it. 40 feet of movement. There it goes. Back! 40 feet of movement, and then it's third dash. It scuttles away around the edge of the building from your sight. And I think I think with this, it kind of like ends combat as a whole. You can you can track it. You've seen where it went, but like it's gotten away from you guys. It's broken the line of sight for her, so. All right. Well, Clovis takes his head back in in the door. Oh, come on out! It's it's gone. It ran away. You can come out. Okay, I will come back to the top. Let me know if that that should bring your token back. There you go. Yeah. Hello. So, I mean, yeah, for, for what it looks like, he's running uh, out the edge of the map, kind of back towards, you know, the west, the eastern side of the, the camp. So what would you guys like to do next? We're back to exploration mode, right? So do we want to follow him? Do we want to head back to town? I would like to follow him because everything about this is a little weird. He should have been with Boss Grang, yes? Yeah, that was one of his prized possessions, that and the bee, if I remember correctly. And um, also, if he's just out here, then whatever group finds themselves here is going to die, because he's obviously hungry. Right, and I hate to leave an animal wounded like that. We should at least put him down. Yeah... Long as we don't get in any combat, I don't know how you guys are doing, but um, I can't do a whole lot now. I don't. So you guys are free to move your tokens towards the direction you guys would like to explore too. Why you guys are having these conversations? The exit is this way. Yes. Yes, I think. Well, me and Lara at least are going to take a quick look. I think it's blocked. Oh wait, no. Here. Right, there's the door there. Wait, hang on. It went the other way, didn't it? It mm-hmm. went this way. Yeah, you, uh, you guys are going the wrong way, I think. Alarm mini, this way. I can't yeah, so you guys, look. It's pretty easy to follow its footprints. You know they are leading that way around the building, and it is kind of uh, like... Heading back south. Mukta had a good. I put my short bow away and I start sneaking. Okay. I'll go ahead of everybody. Okay. So 
So go ahead and move up. Way up in the front, there's like a, a collapsed wall um, that leads into the castle or into the keep. And the footprints like definitely lead back towards this this space where you know new lara and hal have a immediate flashback to almost being eaten alive by uh, maggots it feels like so long ago and you guys have come so far in just like a week's time mm. Ooh, feels so much stronger i would like have... to sneak in here yeah the footprints lead over this pile of rubble and head south this way into this way. yep I will uh, wait here and like... point, po- kind of point Nulara and put my fingers over my lips. Okay. Uh, is this, is this uh, building, is the roof still intact or is it kind of an open building? Pretty much it's mostly intact, but everywhere you see pile of rocks on the floor, it's because the ceiling has collapsed. So there's tons of daylight streaming in. There's tons of debris and coverage in this room. Would I be able to climb up on top of the roof to see down? Yeah. So you can make the athletics check. That's the question, is it? All right. Oh, yeah. No you problem. can do it! easily up the side of this. It's actually not that hard to climb with the rubble and the like cracks and stuff, so you just go right up scurry, and you are on the roof of this building. I mean, in this room, you kind of crawl up, and you can see the center of this room is hugely collapsed, and as you peek in safely from the ceiling, you see what your token sees now, which is an empty room and a large pit that's like filled in with, with like debris and rock and stuff like that. And uh, you can see that the door is like broken on the hinges on this side. So you're pretty sure the scorpion came through here and through those doors to the south. Uh, all right. Uh, so you, well. Yeah, if you walk, you know, you can see, like, where the edge of this room is. Um, you know, on the south side of this room, there's a gap between this room and the next room. So you, it's like a five-foot jump, so you could leap from one roof to the next. But the next wall over, like the next building over, um, there's no collapsing on the, the ceiling in that room. There is a tiny hole where you see like a vine stretched between the buildings. And you might be able, because you're small enough, you might be able to crawl in or get a peek down that hole to see what you see. I'll do that. So, yep, make us make a stealth check and a perception check. Alright. or sorry scorpion with like arrows hanging out of its body and like ice melting off its like plating you see the dead body of boss strong lying there like cut open with his stomach and bowels like exposed just lying on the floor and like right next to it kind of like with its little like rubbing its hands standing over the corpse of boss strong is like a giant fly it's as i feared it i'll uh, make my way back towards the group okay so yeah, you come over on the roof and look down at everyone from the top of the roofs. Yes. 
Greetings, my friends. It appears Boss Krang has met his end. At least he's with his tribe now. Okay, he seemed well defended with that scorpion and the, the bee or wasp that he was with. Yes. So that, that bee is one of his creatures as well, yes? If I remember correctly, yeah. sound like an animal. It sounds like uh, something else. No. And obviously the scorpion would not eat him even if he's starving. That much is apparent. And any animal that would have done that to him would have eaten something of him. He seemed to have been disemboweled and still intact. Like from head all the way down? Ah, like sternum. Mostly his like body cavity looks to be like split open. It's hard because you only got a glimpse from like the ceiling. You didn't get an up close yeah. look at it, so you're just making your best guess at this point. I saw everything completely. <laughs> well, right. given what we just learned, I hope no one's trying to make another Borbo out of Boss Strong. investigate and see maybe what we can find or should we just uh, out of here and get back to town? I don't think... Do we put down his scorpion or leave it be? Yeah, that too. Well, I mean, you seem Yeah. The scorpion will be coming around looking for things. I can maybe heal you once or twice. But uh, that is about it. I can't do any more. I can't play no more music. Well, it won't be as inspiring as normal, but I can still play something for you. I, I want to go take a bath. Well, I think it's a little bit on death's door, so I'm not too good with animals. Clovis, if you think it would show it more mercy to kill him. It, uh... It, it would probably show it more mercy. It, it, it's suffering right now, and if he lost his master, then... Um, okay, Clovis, I'm with you. Let's go. Let's go do it. All right. Wait, Hal. Let me uh, get ahead a little bit, and I will uh, sneak over first. Okay. Yep, so you guys can tell me your marching order, you can tell me, you know, actions you're taking going into this fight, knowing that you're heading into a fight. I will take the sword, I'll put away the trident. Heck no, I'm not gonna kill this dude with his master's weapon. <laughs> Very respectful of you. Uh, I think so, I did, I think I injured it quite severely, I I feel responsible. I'll go ahead this time, Lara. I'm right behind you. 
Yeah, so you know it's in like the next room over, the same room you first met Buskron yeah. in. So if you guys want to move your tokens up to get ready, you'd probably be. So remember, this room has a huge pit in the middle, and there's a very narrow ledge where you're kind of shimmying along the side just so you don't fall into it. Um, it's not. It's, it doesn't even require a roll for you to like move along that at like decent speeds. If you were trying to run at fast speed, it might be an issue. But here, getting set up, it's fine. So I will maybe try. Yeah, these doors here are actually like, ah, like these doors are open. busted open. Yeah, busted open. They've rotten away, and the scorpion coming through, and you guys coming through have busted them enough so that there's no like door anymore. So you're basically setting up from here. All right. So, so Clovis, you climb down into the bottom of the pit. I do. Okay. So the pit is about. 10 feet or so deep, maybe like 8 to 10 feet, so like, you know, going down is easy, and then getting out is going to be the hard part for you. It'll require like an actual, like, athletic check to climb, and you're so below it that you can't even see like over the edge, right? You can see like Nulara and, and Mukta right now, but not into the other room. Nulara, you mind taking a step over one way so I can get a clear sight? Yeah, sorry. And how you're setting up over there? All right, that is perfect. Then we're doing this. I can jump 10 feet with no damage anyways. Spoilers. Okay, so um, if you guys are, you guys are in the situation, if you'd like to start with stealth as your um, sort of your uh, initiative role, you can. If you prefer to use um, perception, this is acceptable as well. But, um, you know, if it's higher, this would be a chance to, to do it. And I will roll... For all of the NPCs, all. Well, there's the scorpion and the fly. Taken up at the beginning of combat, the the guardian of nature himself, Clovis, oh, top of the wow. initiative order. Let's teach these animals a thing or two about civilization. I am going to delay. From first in initiative to delay. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. I can't see it. And... Okay. Very cool. So you delay. So when you want to jump in after someone's turn, you let me know. Sorry. The giant fly turns around and sees you guys. And then catches eye like contact with you. And then it's immediately just kind of like... Like gets like startled, and the first thing it does is like fly. It just bzz, it flies away. So it uses the fly action to fly, you know, somewhere, and like out of your view. And then you see it kind of like appear for a moment through the outside, and then um, and then it looks uh, gone, Nular. Like, you see it fly out the window and off somewhere, and you can hear a buzzing noise from outside. And that's his turn. Nular. Uh, I look at Vukta. Vukta, can you peek out the that hole for me and see where the fly went and, and while I go get inside this room? Okay. So I'm going to stride in. Okay. Uh, let me see if I can get all the way to the scorpion. Okay, 
I'll use two stride actions to get all the way to the scorpion. Yep. You can see it. Like, it's it's surprised that you've tracked it. And it, it it's kind of, like, got its back to you a little bit. And it, it turns around. You see a sad little scorpion eyes looking your way. With my long sword, I'm going to hit it. Go for it. I'm sorry. The druid said it's okay. 13 is not going to do it. Hit. Oh. It's it's a combination of the sword and your uh, your guilt, like yeah, you know, if it was a trident, you would have done it. But the image of Boss Gronk's dead body there flashes in your eyes, and you, yeah, you you're so right off the edge of the armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the end of my turn. And as you do this, uh, you you look down and you see Boss Gronk. He's got his kind of stomach, chest disemboweled, and you see it almost looks like it's pulsing. And then it does, and it belches force, and a giant maggot crawls out of its stomach and lands at your feet. Damn it! <laughs> that thing again? Oh, it is that thing again. Yeah. All right, Mukta. Or Clovis, if Clover wants to jump in. I'm going to jump in after Mukta. Okay. It. I will uh, first take a shot at the giant scorpion. Okay. And you're, you're not in the pit. You're standing on the ledge, right? No, I'm not in the pit. I would be on the ledge. Yeah, I see your token like on the, the pit. That's why I was asking. I, I was I was trying to go probably like. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, so go ahead and uh, take that shot. Right. It's a big enough target that even with new Lara kind of between you guys, it's not blocking the shot. All right, and it's flat-footed because I go first combat. You did beat it in initiative, yes. Um, because it's flat-footed, that is a crit. All right. That's right. Crits in the chat. Oof. Another crit. We got we got both both ends of the spectrum here. Uh, okay, that's so one shot puts down the beast and finishes it off. Your arrow is merciful. The scorpion sinks like a rock to the ground and is no longer moving. All right, and then the second action, I go here. Mm-hmm. Third action, I will shoot this creepy little worm maggot that just popped out of my yep. friend's body. And you, you, it hasn't acted in initiative yet because it rolled pretty low, so you yep. are good to go. Let's go! Ho ho! Natural what? Nat- two crits in a row. So natural this one crit. All right, drop That's what you get for talking shit about him rolling ones. <laughs> I like it. I want you to roll crits. No, piss him off. That's terrible damage. That's terrible damage. Uh, two ones and a two on a d10. That's. I want two ones on the sixes. Oh man. Okay, so it's it's, it's, right. a, it's still hit. That's the point. So it, it still does six points of damage. It it hurts it. It's like it's it's a critical flesh wound somehow. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's my turn. Okay. Uh, so now, Clovis, you said you wanted to go after Mukta, right? I do. So I'm gonna come one, <laughs> two, right next to him, and I am. Clovis is gonna smash acid at him. You want to do an acid splash on the maggot? Yep. Okay, an 11 is a miss. Is that maggot? Um, 
and then the, the acid like splashes off it like sizzles the ground around it splashes up and like gets Nulara in the face a little bit but luckily your shot was wide enough that it did not hurt her Laura and Nulara and uh Hal you know how this is familiar ground for you you and your sling oh yeah it's hallowed ground I want to I don't know what is going on I will move forward a little bit uh huh and then that should be 25 well 25 no that's the you're like just you, there's a little bit of ground there so you can balance just on the edge of the pit mm. on that square if you want and uh he will look around and after they hear Mukta shouting out that uh, he killed this scorpion uh Hal will cast a spell to make sure that he does not get hit and he will cast for the first time and he strums his loot and you guys turn around and there are four Hal's behind you very cool. <laughs> Two of them are standing so over the pits doing nothing. <laughs> you're now your own band. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right. Mirror image goes up. Very nice. And that's it, right? That is my turn. All right. Nulara, your friend. You, there's flashbacks to this exact moment a week ago when you first arrived. This thing leaps up to try to use its mandibles to bite you. It rolls a 10. It hit me? Yeah, it rolls a 10 to hit. It's embarrassingly terrible at this, and you don't know how you ever fell for this. Um, for its second attack, it's going to do it at the penalty. Uh, that's a seven. <laughs> so it's just like, it's so tiny and slow and just like slobbing. Like, it's just, you like literally like holding it down with your boot, you know, and just like, really? Like, really? Uh, it also, you know, it has nothing else to do other than this. Oh, I should have done that last turn, but it's too late. Okay. Um, it's just going to use its... its Desperate, sad, pathetic three on its third attack, and it got nowhere near affecting you, Nulara. All right. Top of the round. Like, how you cast this mirror image, and there's like a bunch of like howls buzzing around. Except for it's not the howl that's buzzing. You hear in your ear a giant fly flies into the window right above your head and like it's big right it's a medium-sized creature so it's it's fairly large fly it comes through this little window and begins buzzing around your head and it doesn't know which how to pick but it just targets you with a mandible attack so here comes its mandible strike that is a 22 to hit that will hit me but i get so, to roll you do get to roll so it's a one in so four chance you just on the roll D4. a D4. Yep, if you roll a one on the D4, it hits you. Otherwise, it pops a mirror image, correct? Oh, yes. Perfect. It bites down and pops one of the house. Let's go one of the house. Uh, that made it upset because it's confused why it didn't get, you know, any sort of uh, delicious meal out of that. So it's going to... I guess it has to use its last action to fly just to stay hovering. So it just stays right above your head, Hal. Um, Help! At that moment, in the shadows of this room, you see for the first time, you hear a buzzing sound, Nulara, as unbeknownst to the rest of you, there was a second fly hidden in here. 
and these two flies looking nearly identical, although slightly different in colorations. This fly uses its, you know, stride as fly action or, you know, fly to fly, a stride action to fly out here and get between Mukta and Clovis. Um, and then it is going to go after Clovis. So Clovis. Mandible strike against you. It was almost a natural 20 for a second. That's a 22. It hits. Perfect. You take five points of pierce. And I need you to make a fortitude saving throw. Problem right now, so. 21, no problem. All right. And that's the end of the fly's turn. Nulara. Okay, so Nulara's thinking how mad... Nulara's a little mad at herself because she forced Clovis... She feels like she forced Clovis and Hal here, and then they both wanted to go back to town, so she's going to try and finish this maggot off as fast as she can. So um, with my longsword, I'm going to power attack this maggot. Go for it. This is the straight-edge giant maggot, by the way. What? It was all the two. I'm a hero point, this bitch. Before you spend your hero point, let me just tell you, a 13 hits. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right, power attack. It's just a, a non-dexterous, non-armored lump of flesh. It's a maggot. It's a maggot. It's, it's a, a maggot. big maggot, but it's still a maggot. It's uh, actually 14. easier to hit because it's a bigger maggot. So that's 14, 14 points of damage. So yeah, so you, you slam into it with your power attack. And as you do, it like explodes and vomits its like innards out all over you. Like, bleh! Um, I need you to make a fortitude saving throw. <laughs> uh, that would be 27. You've, you've been here before, Nulara. You're expecting it. You're ready for it. You are unaffected by this regurgitation effect and the maggot is dead okay i'm just a little little bit affected by it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then uh i'm gonna use my stride action seeing the fly go towards my friends Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go to it and then for my third action well power attack was two actions right oh sorry yo never mind yeah yes that's the end of my turn clovis run mokta i think you can help how all right. All right. I will uh, tumble through this fly space. Yeah, that's fine. He's kind of flying above your heads anyway, so you probably could just walk through him. If you want to tumble through, I'm not going to stop you. Are you doing it for style? Yeah, for style. Okay. Then make that tumble through check. All right. Look cool, look cool, look cool. Yes, super cool. That's a crit- so critical success on the tumble through. Describe to us what this looks like as you literally tumble through this flying sp- fly space. And you know what? For the hell of it, I'm giving you an extra hero point for this pointless All right. awesomeness. Yes. I, so I, the, the, this fly is buzzing around trying to attack Clovis. I see Nulara run up. I actually take one foot off Nulara's knee, jump off it, and actually take my second foot and leap and push the fly down towards the ground as I do a front foot over it and run towards Hal. Go for it. Tumble through, crit lets you do like what, like a full movement? Full movement, yes. It doesn't cost. No difficult terrain or anything. Awesome. All right. So that's... You're about to get your first look at three Hal's buzzing around. Right. 
Harold, you didn't tell me you had brothers. <laughs> yes, he did. We rescued So him. this fl this fly is in the air, correct? It is yes, it's, it's kind of like right over Hal's head, basically. Uh, that means I won't be able to get flanking on it then, I suppose. Not this the pit, pit is in the no. pit. Yes. Guess I'm just going to shoot at it with my short bow. <laughs> not right, much else for... I can do. It's not oh, flat-footed. Uh, oh, 18's a hit. It's gonna be a 20. Close. Another. I mean, another crit would have been awesome. Three points of damage. Three points of damage. And uh... so you hit it with the arrow, and what it does at that point is um. Wait, so you rolled an 18, right? So actually, here's what happens. It sees you going to attack you. The arrow shoots. It would hit, but it's going to use this reaction it has, which is called avoid the SWAT. So it's targeted by attack, a range attack it can see. It gets a plus two bonus against the AC, which takes it to 19, which makes it miss. So it sees you coming. It like avoids the arrow at the last second, and then it uses it up to its fly speed, and uh, it flies um, across the room this way. Oh, you little... Bitch. I'm going to attack it again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good. My third action. Uh, 17. Yeah, that hits. I think. All right. It's it's weird because avoid the SWAT is listed on here as a passive and not a reaction. But I don't think it should be able to do it all the time, so that's fine. Even then, the, even then this would... Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, you hit. If, if it's passive, oh, because it's melee or range, so it wouldn't be against spells, so I guess it, it, it wouldn't work. It doesn't say, like, you know, as a reaction it does it, but maybe that could just be a mistake in the translation, so. All right, and uh, that is my turn. Thank you. Clovis. Okay. The fly right next to me is dead, right? No. The fly right next to you is just buzzing. You watch Mukta do an awesome oh, spring so off its back, but it's still alive and buzzing right between you and Nular. All right, so I am going to wild shape. Okay. What does that look like, and what do you turn into? A bear. Go for it. Ah, um, myself, got my hands, and I am going to turn into a bear. Okay. So Clovis, right. your tiny, frail elven body becomes... A much more buff bear. Well, let's just hear Mukta. Tell us what happened. Since nobody, everyone missed it. Just catch us up. Ah, Clovis turned into this hulking giant baby bear <laughs> and uh, took one clean bite and just bit the fly's head off. Mukta had to run over and I pried open his jaws and made him spit it out because he was going to get sick if he ate that. It's good. After You're that, very considerate. Yes, Hal took out his sling and in one shot put a stone straight through the other fly's eye as I was trying to root sheet. Wow. Well, that's, that's something. Congratulations, you guys. I like to see it. So, for your victory, please take 95 points of experience. All right. Not too shabby. I don't think that guy puts you guys quite over the limit, right? Yes. Not yet. So you're just, just close. But, um, yeah, um, as you take, so in, in the aftermath of the fight, you see, like, Baskrong laying here. His stomach has been turned into a sort of incubator for these maggots. And uh, it turns out that 
if you don't feed your pets for too long, they come, you know, finding a way. And it, and it looks like with the, the wounds and stuff, it looks like he was killed by the flies. And instead of eating him, they just decided to use him as an incubator. Gross. Poor Boss Gronk. So, you know, his body lays here. It's disgusting. It's bloated. Do you want to give him like a proper barrel or anything, Nulara? Oh, I said no. Yeah. <laughs> just a uh, good luck when you see Phrasma. Okay. Amen. So, yeah, sorry, good. No, yeah, amen. Okay. So, yeah, so we managed to uh, to finish this combat off and then battered, beaten, but not destroyed. Set fire, maybe. I was thinking that, too. Doable. Good thing you mentioned that. I was looking through my backpack, Mokta. Um, I found a flint. Uh, yes. I have a flint and steel. Yeah. Uh, I think we should at least uh, maybe ensure that no more of these flies uh, use his body as a breeding ground. I agree. Yeah, and, and so there's this nice moment where you guys burn his body on like a pyre, get the flint and steel, catches, and the whole thing goes up. And uh, it's, uh, it's touching. Is it more touching or is it more just practical? You guys, are you doing this out of like kindness or are you doing this out of practicality? Mukta's definitely doing out of practicality. <laughs> Hal is uh, singing guilt. Ends of the Road with his other three people, and he's playing the song <laughs> and doing all the harmonies together. Nice. Now that's a show, my friend. <laughs> How long does Mary Image last in Pathfinder? It uh, lasts for, I believe, one minute. And uh, even if you hit, uh, even if it does not hit my AC, it will still go away, but it'll still make an image disappear. Got it. Uh, but the effects that ha- it happens does not happen. Got it. That's cool. It's a little different than 5e, but I like it. And you don't have to sustain it or anything, so that's cool. Yeah. It's not concentration. All right. So we are able to uh, transition into our travel back to uh, Otari. Okay. So as you travel back to town, right, you make your way through the Fogfin Swamp. Here in the daylight... Clovis, you can't help but notice the unnatural rot present in the air. A subtle scent that you were trained to smell. Swamps aren't really known for smelling good or anything, but hidden amongst that natural decay is something you smelled before in the forest around Otari. An unnatural disease lying just beneath the surface. And it's not long, just, you know, a 15-minute casual stroll, uh, you arrive back in Otari. And as you kind of arrive at the town, uh, it's back alive with the mill grinding trees and the loud sounds of the saws echoing out over the town. You can hear the sawing even before your eyes can see the mill. It's just that persistent noise that Otari is like known for. Um, and as you finally arrive within eyeshot, you can see the hustle and bustle of business continuing, business as usual. Cut lumber being floated down to the harbor, ships being loaded in the docks, traveling merchants selling their wares in the marketplace. And as you pass people, you get smiles and waves. Children point excitedly as you pass, eager to get a look at the new Rose Guard. You see that posters have gone up everywhere. And one of you like walks up and looks, and there's a big poster kind of in like one of the prominent roads, and it says, Choose safety, choose prosperity. 
choose Menhems. And there's a character of like Osif smiling with a shining grin on his face, proudly drawn on his hip is the cooperative blade. What a- and as you arrive, yeah, back here in Otari, you guys are given the rest of the day downtime. So you guys have about like eight hours of downtime to accomplish whatever it is you guys would like to do here. You know, we have, I'm trying to like, there are some things I know, like, you know, some of you guys might have some, uh, some of you guys might want to plant seeds about how becoming mayor. And if you want to get into that, I can tell you how the system's going to work. Some of you might do crafting. I think you guys have a bunch of research that you have pulled up that you haven't really had time to look over yet. So, um, Oh, and of course, I guess I can't. The number one thing, right? Drop off your eight bulk worth of book and get paid. Exactly. Mainly, Mukta just doesn't want to be carrying any of these books around anymore. Well, it's, it's <laughs> heavy, right? So um, here's the way it works. You can go to Morley Bent. You can any any of these um, books that you have. You can drop on his thing, um, and you get you can have five gold to your inventory for every bulk that you give him. All right. So you go, you go to like Morley Bents and like usual, like he's, he's super protective. He's got his windows drawn, locks on. And as you knock, he sees you guys like standing outside with like books, like spilling in the piles. And he's like, oh God, oh God. And he like opens, click, 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 and lets you guys in. And let me know what your total bulk yeah. that you guys were able to bring back. I have three. I put two in the trade character right now. Let's see, what is the goal here? Yeah, you tell me what your total amount of bulk you guys are able to deliver, and I'll let you guys know how close you are to completing the quest. And so, like, as you guys are doing this, um, there's like a uh, there's a familiar face that kind of comes up the street, and um, you're standing outside Morley is holding the book, and you're about to go in, and one of you notices Brelda Vankerville. So she is actually the owner of the Rowdy Rockfish, right? She's the dwarven woman. She brought you guys into her house. She made friends with you guys. She gave you free lodging. And then you ditched her to go stay at Crook's Nook for like a couple of nights. So she hasn't seen you guys in a while. And she's just like, dear, hi, how are, how, how are you doing? I, I was hoping I was hoping to meet you at the party last night. I just, uh, it's were very busy and I didn't want to interrupt. I haven't seen you at the Rockfish. What, everything Okay. Yes, everything's okay. Um, I had no idea that you were at the party, and I don't think we stayed in for that long. There was some business to attend to. I saw you dancing, and, well, Hal, at least, was was dancing quite a bit that night. If I saw I just, you, I would have loved to stay with you, not with everyone else that was there. She covers her face, and she's like, oh, you're too nice. Uh, you know, if... if if the reason you don't want to stay with me is because of that horrendous screaming in the middle of the night, I, I understand. I, I do apologize. Uh, I just, you know, lately my nightmares have just gotten so bad that I, I feel like I haven't gotten a good night's sleep in like a month at least. Weeks. Whoever did the insulation for your room should be paid. I had no idea that you were screaming, but you've been having nightmares? Uh, I mean, I've been having nightmares since, since he left, since he was taken. I... I like to think he wouldn't have just left. I don't, I don't know. I dream about him, and I can't stop thinking about my son. You know, tomorrow will be a year to the day that he went missing. Sorry to ask this and have you rehash it again. We can go back to the Rowdy Rockfish if you want to talk about it privately. But um, I believe you talked about your son more to um, our friend Aurelia, and she never really had the chance to... Um, impart that uh, information with us. Um, 
did your son perchance get lost while he was um, near or at the lighthouse? Well, I mean, last uh, he he'd like to go for morning walks, you know. Uh, sun, if he was easy up before the sun, and uh, yeah, occasionally he'd go on a walk towards the lighthouse with no prior purpose, no intention. He just wanted to walk. Just wanted a cup of coffee and a stroll, as he called it. Nothing was inviting him. No call that he needed to attend to. No. I mean, some people said they saw a hooded figure, but there were, you know, the, 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 the captain of the guard said it was nothing. You hear, you hear Mukta kind of clear his throat loudly at that and frown. I mean, if you want to come by tonight and, and talk more, I, I you know, I, I see you're busy with your books and moral events, like trying to shuffle you in. Like, at the moment, she's like, I won't take up too much more of your time. And then she kind of like shuffles off. And then she's like, oh, you know, actually, Aurelia was looking for you. If, if you have time, maybe stop by. Yeah, of course. Your room, you still got the key, right? Right here. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. And then she like shuffles off. See you. So how much, how much bulk of book did you guys end up finding? Let's see. Did, um, did everyone dump it? I believe see. we have seven bulk worth. Yeah, I see seven bulk worth. Okay. So he's like, more than it's like a maze. He's going over, he's picking up all these books and he's like, oh, awesome. Amazing. Wow. Like he's really excited about the books that you've brought him. He's like, I can't believe you found this. This people thought that this was like lost forever. And, you know, he's like shuffling it back. And as he's totaling it up, he kind of hands over 35 gold to you guys as a group. So I'll add 35 gold to the thing and I will take all of sir, the. Thank you, sir. Definitely appreciate um, I'll just drag these books to his store. Orly Ben, are you able to identify scrolls? Sure. What do you got? Well, it depends on the magics involved, but I can give it a shot. Here, there's an unusual scroll. He also tells you you are slightly more than halfway through the amount of books that he would consider your, you know, transaction complete or whatever. Like, he'll pay you for as many books as you can find. But in order to be, like, complete and to earn his, like, respect and to finish this side quest, you need to bring him uh, a total of 12 bulk worth of books. So you're 7 out of 12 bulk. Yeah, here. What scroll do you have? Oh, the scroll that's on yeah, the trade unusual. character? Yeah, it says unusual. Yeah, so let me see the spell real quick. Yeah, sure, why not? So he looks at it and he goes, oh, yeah, what you got here is a scroll of hypercognition. Okay, so it's, it's, really a, it's a spell. I don't, honestly, personally, I don't actually know what hypercognition as a spell does. <laughs> you rapidly catalog and collate information relevant to your current situation. You can instantly use up to six recall knowledge actions as part of casting the spell. Um, so it allows you to cast a spell and instantly make six recall knowledge actions in that moment. Wow. In that moment? Yeah, it's only a one action Dang. cast. I feel like recall knowledge in Pathfinder is such an important... It is also, it's considered an occult spell, which means of your group, Hal looks at it and goes, oh yeah, I can use that. What kind of <laughs> scroll was this? Uh, I wasn't paying attention. Called, I was tuning my, my loot. It's called a scroll of hypercognition. That sounds... The occult. That sounds very, uh, sounds very, uh, not very much fun, to be quite honest. 
Uh, what does it do? Um, apparently in a third of six seconds, you can do six actions, six uh, types of recall knowledges, just two seconds. You can think of things very quickly in a short amount of time. Oh, that would be fantastic, actually. Can I, uh, (laughs) learn this spell? Or, I'm not really familiar, I usually just do music. Can I learn this spell and, uh... Like, it stays with me forever, I can just use this one time and it goes away in, in sparkly little notes? Or what do you say? Are you asking as Rick or are you asking as Hal? Both. Okay, so it's a scroll, so you have two, like, it's a scroll in the sense that you can read from it and poof it, and it's a one-time cast of that spell. As long as it's on your spell list, you can do it. It is an occult spell, even though it's a third-level spell, you would have access to do that. Um, if you were a wizard or any class that used like a spell book, you could copy it into your spell book. But like you said, because you're a bard, when you become like level three or when you get level five, you'll get third level spells. I don't think you have any sort of like spell book, so I don't think you can learn the spell and add it to your repertoire or anything. But we can double check that because it could maybe it just adds bonus spells to your list. But uh, I don't think so for bards. Yeah, for now it's just a one-time cast. Fair enough. Thank you very much. Was that the only unidentified equipment you guys had? I believe so. Yeah. He'll buy it off you for 15 gold if you're interested in selling. To buy, uh, you want you want to buy this scroll for 15, you said? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, look at Mukta there. He almost got eaten by the fly. And, and Nulara almost got eaten by the maggot. I think it could be uh, worth some more money. How about we wager? Not wager, haggle. I say 30, it's worth 30 gold. Because you know we're going back and we're going to complete your encyclopedia. So your set of encyclopedia, I guess it would be. Um, So we perhaps, you know, we go back and we look a little harder. I'm not really sure how much harder we can look because, you know, we brought a lot the first time. Why don't you make a diplomacy check for me? I can use uh, diplomacy. Okay, I can do that. For an additional fee, we can give him a tour of the library. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Crits in the Natural chat. 20. Yeah, and our crit in the chat. Amazing. So he, he he's looking at it and he's looking at you and he knows he's overpaying, but he's also salivating at the prospect of getting his hands on these very ancient written sort of like weird take on magic. And so he agrees and he'll so he'll give you the full 30 gold for it. If you're interested. Okay. I will, uh, I will uh, thank you. You're a good man. Now I know to, uh, you will be a man of your word, and I can come back with anything we might find. Uh, I really appreciate it. This is going to go a long way to buy Nalara her shield, so we can go deeper into oh. the dungeon. All right, so that's going to be 30 more gold added to your trade character. You guys are rocking 157 party gold, plus whatever you have on yourselves. You also have more, like, treasure you can unload if you guys want to do that. I don't want to, like, RP necessarily do, like, every bit of, like, selling and having, but if there's anything you guys want to buy, you can. If there's anything you want to sell, like, now's the time. But why, um, not, but, but why not? Oh, you mean so you can roll natural 20 on every every interaction? We could do that. We could I was saying you can haggle. Yeah. Nulara. Um, I just don't want to drag down the game that much. We, we... That shield was what ninety six gold. Uh, this is like thirty percent of the way there. Uh, maybe I can. Well, that guy was kind of a drunk. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's not going to be merry anyway. Uh, perhaps we go 
purchased that shield from you. Uh, how much was it? I thought it was like 90. It was like 100 last time. That's I like 90. It. For okay. me, it is, of course. <laughs> <laughs> there's the 100 gold version, but there's also, I thought you were saving up for the 360 gold version. Well, we well, take what we can get, right? I mean, that's right. true at the moment. That will help you block better. It's a little bit taller. Mm-hmm. Mukta could hide behind it. Actually, you could hold it out front and he could sneak behind it and surprise the people with his daggers. Now, lately, I've been training to really push people back, too, when they try to, you know, like, hit me with my shield up. Is that true, Clovis? Yeah, I think that's true. Oh, I don't know. I've been hiding in the other room, so. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Morley. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah. You go ahead and leave Morley's, you head back out. I think this is a good way. So let, let me just ask you guys seriously. Are you planning on getting involved in politics? Or is I would this like more... I to ask how that person... Okay, let's like, do it. Let's do get it. Get in a nice, quiet area and then... For sure. How? Remember Aurelia? Who's that? The alchemist that was in our party before that we started with. She threw acid bombs... She got us the rooms in the Rowdy Rockfish. Oh, the really smart yes. girls? Yes. Yes. Okay. I do. You know, like the really intimidating but kind of attractive lady. But yeah, she's yeah, she's looking for us. Apparently, she wanted to tell us something. Oh, we should go to the so Rockfish. Yeah. Oh, we can introduce uh, Mokta and Clovis. Ah, is that, is that this true? Uh Plus, uh, do we still have the same rooms? I saw you talking with a lady. I don't know. Yes, I still have the key. And then I oh, pull out the key. Very good. Mm-hmm. It's a little more uh, upbeat in the evenings. There's more people for me to play mm-hmm. for, you know. I mean, if On top I, of that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, it was like... It was... Why are you looking like that, Mota? You look at me like from the side eye. Why are you looking like that? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm very interested in your friend. Go on. Oh, okay. Well, we can walk and talk. Let's go. Uh, yeah, you're walking and talking. You you show up like at the uh, the um, rowdy rockfish as you're doing this. And so why why you're walking there, right? Uh, you you show up at the rowdy rockfish, and the first thing that new, uh, Aurelia does is see you guys comes out of the back with like sweat, like a dirty like wash rag like in her hand, and she's like, guys, where have you been? I haven't seen you guys. It feels like a week? It feels like months, honestly. It does. Uh, we've been in the... And I point to Ukta at uh, his friend's place. Uh, we rescued his girlfriend and my brother. And we went to back to the lighthouse. Um, so, we've been up and down. You know. Right. Well, that that's kind of what I had to talk to you about like my sorry my mind my mind's going like a million miles a second so you remember when we were there and we found this formula and it was some kind of elixir and we were kind of like oh what's this thing mm-hmm. yeah i figured it out i broke the code here oh, and she like hey, she flops like four <laughs> she flops like four potions like on your uh what do you want to call it? Your table, like clink, clink, clink. Ooh. And uh, so, if if you you know if you go to the Roddy Rawfish handout and then you click on Aurelia oh, shop, she has a shop. She has a shop now. So for these, these four are going to be free. So you guys can take these four, and then I'm going to populate an actual potion store for Aurelia in the future. 
Very cool. But yeah, so you guys get she she hands you a skeptics collector, and what she says is like this: this is good if you if you really want to make sure that what you're seeing is true. And she like puts it down. And she's like, you you know, it'll help you with perception checks if people are trying to lie to you, and uh, it gives you a bonus to all will saves while under the effects of this potion. So only use it if it's important. Clink 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 clink. So yeah, oh, you guys thank all get you so much. And uh, if you find any more any more uh, formulas down there, just bring them right back. I'm going to grab one. I'm going to try to grab all of them from the people. I'm okay. going to. Oh, you're going to grab all of them. All right. <laughs> I don't want them <laughs> drinking it and asking me that's for the truth. But yeah, Aurelia is, you know, very happy to help you guys out with any future alchemy stuff that you may find while you're down there. Oh, where, thank where you so much. Go? She's been busy crafting and under- learning the formula ever since. I thought uh, I had one, but I guess I didn't. I, uh, it, it's also, it's a, I was a skeptic on her behalf, right? She said, ah, I've got these potions. Guess what? They are disappeared. <laughs> I don't know. Where are they? Now I am a skeptic. Oh, no, I'm okay. not good with money. I'll just end up buying us health potion. So let's talk. How? You had this great idea not that long ago, which was to run for mayor of this town. You've been sitting on this thought for like the last couple of hours. How, how are you feeling on it? I mean, if I don't have to, if I can get the best every night and I don't have to uh, work as hard and I don't have to, I don't have to do any of these things we have to do. I just send people like these, uh, my friends, maybe I go with them because of my friends, but uh, Caroline's dad is a lord of the Obel. Uh, this is, this is a small city, but perhaps it grows uh, with our fame and fortune, the Zero's Guard part two, part two, and uh Perhaps, you know, it grows like it has in the past. I mean, my friend Clovis, you know, he was kind of looking funny at the at the, the forests. Um, and some of the best, be- most beautiful instruments are made from the woods of the forest. They don't make it from industrial and build stuff and export everywhere. It stays here in the community. So maybe I can help him. Hmm. Wait, so you do want to be mayor, pal? I mean, I don't want to do all the stuff he does with the paperwork, but I mean, maybe I could hire his doctor to help. He seems to know everything that's going on. That's a fantastic idea, my friend. Mota, is this a joke to you? I just want to, or are you taking it seriously? Are you asking me that, or are you I trying am asking to you that? that. I'm both. I've... I'm trying to figure it. <laughs> I have this elixir. I can drink it. <laughs> It'll give me a plus one bonus. <laughs> no, I oh, really? I just uh, keep them coming. Look, I f- you've all seen the candidates for mayor of this town. Mm. You have uh, Yosef, who's a bit of a pompous ass, and mm. Rajani, who's a drunk ass. I think our friend Hal uh, is a prime candidate for the job. I think he would do great things not only for himself, but for this town as well. He'd be a great leader, and he'd be good for him and for the town. No, like, hidden agendas, no using Hal. Hidden agendas? I'm not even from this town. I I plan on going back to Katapesh once uh, this business is done. What... What agenda would I have here? I don't know. You tell me. I don't have any. Yeah, I'm not even sure if I need to ask for a roll or not on this one, because I don't know. So if you're trying to lie, 
this seems like a time for a deception check. You're rolling an insight. If you're telling the truth, then there's no need. I'll roll. Can I roll and then it's just private to like um Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess I don't know you. if you can Yeah, go ahead and mess go ahead and mess Well, why don't we make a roll an insight? Or what do you call it? A um, like perception, right? Sense mode. A perception, yeah. Make up make a secret perception check to me. And then I will tell well, here's the thing, uh, on Mukta, and you can do with what you want. She did not, she did not, if you're lying to her, she did not beat your, like, deception, your path to deception. So if you want to hide anything from her, you can. If you want to whisper her and tell her something on your own, that's up to you. Mukta seems to be telling the truth, as far as you can tell. Should have drank the potion first. No, I didn't. Yeah, maybe next time. I kind of look at Mukta like a little bit longer than I should. And then I look at Hal. And then I just think how I think of how protective I have become of Hal ever since meeting him. And then I say, as long as no one gets hurt, Mukta, let's. I mean, we're going into a dungeon full of undead and uh, crazy scorpions and maggots and flies. I think. It's a bit more dangerous than running for mayor, although there I've had a few encounters that are probably just as dangerous for running for mayor, so you're not wrong, but we're here to protect him, are we not? We are, but the thing is, inside the gauntlet and inside the lighthouse, I feel more confident about, on my skills, but outside of that, I'm not confident enough to feel that I could protect him as much as I would want to. I think with social situations, Hal protects us. That's very true, but who protects him? Well, you protect him from the physical, I protect him from the shadows. Clovis guides him to be along with nature. I think that's a pretty good recipe for a successful uh, leader of a town, if you ask me. Look, but I mean, I'm just supporting what... he came up with. He said he didn't want to camp. He said he wanted to take baths. He he wanted to lead the good life and impress this Caroline. So, you know, being mayor seemed like a good fit. But if he doesn't want it, I don't want to push him. Brelda, like, overhears this sort of, like, line of th- talking going on, right? And she's like, huh, Hal is mayor. And she looks at him like she's considering it for the first time. She's like, not the worst idea I've ever heard. And she kind of wanders back to work. You see? You see? Look, this town, this town has, as certain citizens have rode the coattails of past glory for countless generations now. They've grown rich and powerful of past heroics, complacent, reliant on strangers such as ourselves to protect what they should be protecting. So, if we're going to protect the town, why don't one of us lead it? I can see. And I'm saying this. I'm not yelling this out in the tavern. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to keep this within our group. Yeah. It's it's still midday and most people are still at work. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty empty except for you guys. And the clanging and explosions of Aurelia in the other room working on formulas. Oh, I can definitely see the logic behind that. And personally, I really don't like the options that this town has 
I just. I, I mean, worse comes to worse. Uh, Menhems becomes mayor again, and the status quo continues. But uh, sometimes the status quo it needs to be changed, huh? So I think there's like that that word kind of hangs in the air as we cut away to like a old timey news flash, and it says like Otari election. Well, uh, so this is the subsystem that I've created. So I use there is a subsystem in the guy in the game mastery guide for Pathfinder called uh, Influence, and I use that as a basis to build what I'm calling the Otari election subsystem. So there is an election coming, and the way it works is there are. Ten factions in Otari. Each faction has a certain amount of influence and a certain amount of people associated with it that'll affect the vote. By using your character's downtime instead of focusing on the adventuring part, because it's a sacrifice of your time, right? You have to put time into this to make it work. Uh, you can put four-hour chunks of time to do different actions like campaigning, which would be like, you know, going to the functions and talking to people and giving speeches. Uh, canvassing, just going door-to-door -door and saying, hey, have you heard about how? Like, here's a flyer. Political research allows you to, like, learn useful information about the factions and how they can be manipulated. Like, uh, polling allows you to sort of spend time to feel out the different factions and where their current loyalties and votes would lie. Um, and then in addition to that, there's also the action, which is, well, I guess the, the canvassing, the campaigning would be how you adjust that faction. So in total, there's 50 influence in this town divided amongst the 10 factions. And on election day, for every influence your candidate controls, you get to roll a D6. So if on election day, Hal has 15 out of the 50 influence, then Hal gets to roll 15 D6 and the other candidates would roll however many D6s they have. And you add your uh, diplomacy to that roll. And then uh, whoever rolls highest on election day becomes the, the winner of the election. So it's a little bit of strategy here, a little strategic timing, as well as a little bit of luck in the end because it comes down to a dice roll. So there are 10 factions in town that you would have to spend your time smoothing and winning over and learning their ins and outs. Those are the Lumber Workers Guild, the Lumber Business Guild, the Shipworkers Guild, the Tavern Guild, the Shopkeep Guild, the Law Enforcement Guild, Religious Services, the Thieves Guild, the Fishermen's Guild, and the Farmers Guild. So if this is a bit of a dedication you guys want to do, you guys have a little bit less than a month to turn the tide from Osif to your own. Very when cool. will the election be? We are currently, um, the election is just about, um, it was a little bit less than a month from when the lighthouse fired. So oh, we're looking at oh. just over three weeks away, probably about, let's just say 25 days from now would be the election. That gives you just over three Take weeks. Take us away from making sure that the lighthouse doesn't life in a month right yeah the, yeah the other thing to be clear is outside of canvassing and polling and spending your downtime on election stuff your actions and activities you guys do also can influence people's perception of you and what happened. and that's like a bonus on top of the influence that you can get from campaigning and polling so today you guys were all given eight hours of downtime what would you guys like to do with your downtime if anything do we want to do the election stuff? <laughs> is, it, is that are you guys starting like yeah, a, a house campaign headquarters at, at uh, the uh, Rowdy Rockfish or what? Well, there's a couple of things. One, uh, what's her name? Brelda. Yeah, Brelda. Brelda. I feel like she has information or something. Not sure. But yeah. also, I kind of don't want to decide this like just 
right now. <laughs> We're gonna take time off of killing everything else in the dungeon. But it, what do you guys think? Well, I think we should first go uh, if see we if do we can... the election. I'm sorry, Clovis. Please, I talk way too much. No, be my guest. Uh, no, no, you don't, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> no, the concern is um, kind of what Nulara was saying about protecting him. If we campaign, how becomes the mayor? We know right after he becomes the mayor, the lighthouse is going to glow and chaos is going to happen. So important. Getting how to be mayor, things how can do, house. and as we all may die and the town may die if we do not stop the lighthouse. So, well, perhaps we say uh, vote is uh, we, we need to we need to stop the lighthouse. We guarantee the lighthouse will be rid of all these things. Uh, vote for me, and we can be sure it happens, or we will try trying. But if uh, we they vote for the other guy, maybe maybe not. We we'll be back in town every night. I mean. We have to come back in town and spend some time, so it's a good way to spend some time while in town in between trying to make sure that the gauntlet no longer is the gauntlet, but uh, I don't disagree with you, Clovis. <laughs> you, for, in order for Hal to be mayor of a town, there has to be a town. <laughs> so, But it, I don't think it's true. If we spend all of our time focusing on uh, these activities, then yes, we leave the gauntlet for a month to recharge, but I don't think... I know Hal definitely does not want to spend a month straight in the gauntlet, <laughs> so we will be back in town, for sure. And when we're in town, we will... Do what we can. Campaign. Yeah, it really is designed to be... Yeah, yeah that's true. A time, like, it's, it sucks your downtime away. Like, there's still time for adventuring, like you said, but if the downtime spent campaigning and lectioning, it might affect your adventuring, and that's kind of the trade-off mm -hmm. you guys have to make. How about we sleep on it a little bit? Right. If yeah. uh, no one has anything or that they would want to do right away, I'll... Mukta has some downtime activities. Okay. What would Mukta like to do? Go to the Crook's Nook. Of course. Okay. So, yeah, you, you head over to the Crook's Nook, and you see... Your old buddy Yinyas Mara, and this is my first chance to get to use. Nope this is picture. a mod I wanted to try. <laughs> so you head to the Crook's Nook, and Yinyas Mara cool. shows up. She's like, "Ah, Mukta, my favorite Soki. What can Mera, I do? My favorite human. <laughs> oh, I'm so flattered. Uh, as much as I am. How are you doing, Mera? Ah, good." good business is a little slow but it's that time of year election year you know we have to lay low of election month. sorry of course i see uh yosef has not been laying low <laughs> no no he's got his face out there i don't know why he bothers it's basically in the bag right but uh you know carmen is going to try to cause some trouble i think do you have some information that i should know about no, just what I told you before, that um, he seems to have gotten it in his head that uh, my new friends and I are be, will be backing his campaign oh, for yeah. mayor. Of course, that's what he keeps spouting off in here and how much you betrayed him, etc., etc. Right. So, 
that favor. If you look over on the dartboard, right, there's a dartboard. It's actually a throwing knife board, and there's a picture of your face, Mukta, like, right in the center. And it has, like, other, like, crude drawings of all of you guys, and they just got knives, like, stuck in all of them. It's, like, right on the target practice. Uh, I think that speaks for itself. It does. And while I'm not too concerned with uh, (laughs) Rajani's knives... I've handled much worse than him in the past. His knives don't scare me. It's his trouble that causes me concern. The trouble that his words might cause. You know that little matter we discussed before. Uh, I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but it could still be in the cards. And if Rajani is spreading these rumors around town that we are going, we're going to back him for mayor one... That makes us look bad, because why would we back Rajani for mayor? And then two, that we are going, that then we then betrayed him. It, it's trouble that I would rather not have my friends be bothered with. So, that last well, I, job... I would I think your him. actions last night, publicly, you know, coming out in support of the mayor in front of the entire town, would have spoke volumes about how much you don't support Rajani. <laughs> Well, I don't know if we publicly supported Yosef either. That was more Yosef proclaiming, much like Rajani, actually, that we were supporting him. But to the observers, is there a difference? Ah, I think so. People people might say things, perceive things one way, but uh, and say they perceive things one way, but in the privacy of their own homes, in the protected whispers between friends... So that last job I helped you with, right. that, that favor. favor, right? You'd like I'd to like to cash it in. I'd like to cash that in. So what can I do for you, Mukta? You have a leash on Rajani, yes? I do. Pull it. She reaches over to the bar and she like has him bring a couple of drinks over, and she's like sizing you up a little bit, and she you know has him deliver one to you and one to her, and she says, "I accept," and she holds out like her little shot glass to clink with you. I'll I'll clink back, and I know you said uh, it's a little slow right now, but if you had any jobs, I have a bit of time. But if not, I'll enjoy the drink. If you have, yeah, like, so she, like, shares a drink with you, right? Mm -hmm. And then she says, I'm sure we can always find some work for someone of your caliber. And, you know, you can do the earning income downtime if you'd like. Sure, I'd like to do a Thieves Guild job. Yep. So you're going to make an income using thievery. Just don't crit. If you crit fail, you're going to get arrested. And that will cause a lot of complications. Yep. All right. A lot of complications to the campaign. (laughs) Well, to your guys' timeline, not to the campaign. All right. Thievery? Thievery, yes. Oops, I made it. uh, Let me. I don't see it. I don't need it. I think you can can reveal it, Steve. Uh, Yeah, I can. You're right. Ooh. 27 that is a success and so you are able to earn some cash uh, i i put my hand up as she puts the coin back and i'll take my usual currency thank you well she she understands she agrees but she's just say like this this we'll consider this a down payment on future yes installments. of course i mean i don't expect huge favors for every simple job like this, but uh, consider it a point in the ledger of my goodwill with you. Perfect. She will gladly take that and mentally note it. 
And that's how and then I, yeah, take another shot with her, and then I'll make my way back to my friends at the Rowdy Rockfish. Okay. So back at the Rowdy Rockfish, we have sad Dwarven Brelda Vankervel, who is so distraught over her missing son. All right. So these dreams that you're having are they are they more like premonitions? Do they feel like premonitions or messages from beyond the grave? No. What do you think? You think he's dead? I don't know. You're the one seeing him. And as far as I know, usually when you dream of... I don't know. I'm still She's... trying to learn about this afterlife stuff as well. Make a diplomacy check for me, Nilar. <laughs> I suck at that. Obviously. You just asked her first dead son was talking to her from beyond the grave. <laughs> okay, right. so as you reach out and you try to like spend some time with Brella Vankerville and get pushed through this emotional moment she's having on the eve of on the eve of her son going missing, you say all the wrong things and like you just have her like throw up all of her like barriers and she excuses herself for the night up to her room and you can hear her occasionally that night sobbing loudly. I look at Hal terrifyingly. Hal, I don't if we're really <laughs> gonna go do this campaign thing. I cannot be your spokesperson. You don't have to be a C spokesperson. You can well, be. But I mean, your bodyguard? I think I can offer that. <laughs> you mean like those ones who come in the black suits and they follow me around? We need to get you some of those colored spectacles, but I, I and maybe I'm a like, crossbow. That sounds really nice. Perhaps but. we, uh, you don't have to. You can gather people forcefully in a, a, I wouldn't call it a circle, in a crowd, push them together in one place. Could use I was that. trying to be empathetic with her, but I just ended up making her cry a little bit more. I mean, you could also lead us into the dungeon to find her dead, uh, excuse me, to find her uh, missing son. We found we found Mukta's girlfriend and my brother. Why not? <laughs> that, oh, that's <laughs> true. And then I'd look at how, like, pretty seriously. It, Clovis, you're with us, right? Clovis? <laughs> He's turning green. He gives us the yeah. thumbs up. All right, Hal. So, do you really want to do this? Look, either we go and clean out the lighthouse and cash in everything we can find down there, and, and I have to split it amongst all of you and take my portion and go back to Diabel uh, and hope that I can buy myself some rank or nobility, or I can go to Absalom and, and maybe be adopted by my parents' employers to be, you know, he can sign a writ for me or something. But uh, her, her, Caroline's dad said, uh, you are not a nobleman and you are not worth nothing. Uh, and you need to go out and prove yourself in the world if you want to have my daughter's hand. I didn't know what to do, so I started to travel and I came here. Um, but, I mean, if I'm a mayor, isn't that a station somebody should would respect? I mean, particularly in a growing town like Otari. Definitely, but not to sound super self-righteous, but I don't want you running for mayor to just be a means to an end because it's going to take a lot of responsibility on your end that's why i have all you friends i won't be your spokesperson that i can definitely say that's okay be a bouncer everybody needs the uh strong arm everybody needs uh to be uh how do i say uh spoken in a certain way to make sure that they're, they're in line, but we're not going to be like that. It's, it's a means to an end, yes? Um, I mean, how much more uh, money can we make from the dungeon? Menhem says 50 golds. We just brought back bucks. I mean, 
have the 50 gold each I will point out we have the goblin doll I mean I know but no, no, I, Lara left I left it. it I left it at the so we can't even sell that for nothing I don't know uh, how much does the mayor make maybe I can ask uh, what's the girl's name again hey, not important her name is not <laughs> Caroline um, but you know something to think about it. no Menhem's daughter Oh, Doriana. My, my future employee. Right. You're going to take her dad's job and then make her work for you. That's, That's awesome right. That. Isn't that how it works? I guess so. I will say, you guys do have some treasure on you still. You got that succubus statue, a bloodstone, and a golden paperweight. They're all worth some money you guys could cash in. I was under the impression that we were going to like do that outside. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. But it's just more money for you guys. Mm. Did they say uh, how deep this... We should have asked the guy how deep this... Well, I guess we did ask the goblin with no hands how deep uh, the dungeon went, and he only said he went down one level. Do we know how deep this place is? Maybe maybe Menhem knows how deep it is. Maybe his grandmother or his great-great-great-great-great-grandmother uh, told him. I mean, okay, so we take we made 100 gold, and we went down three times, you know, if it's 100 levels uh that's like a hundred thousand gold that's pretty good but i don't think it's that deep no i don't know i mean from what i gathered from orbo he doesn't it didn't sound like he knew too much that's why i just felt guilty dragging him along well he was a pathetic excuse of a human of a person when he was alive but i still felt guilty well that's why you were the person you are always Rightful amongst all of us doing the right thing, whether it's through force or through compassion or passion, it depends. That's what, that's why I, I find myself uh, attracted to these people like you, good people, uh, people who look out for the others. Um, uh, I think we can do some good here. You see how everybody likes the, the, the current mayor, but not everybody likes him. The whispers behind their backs to talk about what he is good at, what he is not good at. He is good at carrying a heirloom that he's never used. You saw him wear it. He cannot use that thing. Uh, at least not like you. He just uses it for his station. He orders people around. He cuts down all the trees. What would happen when he runs out of the trees? What happens then? He has no creativity. I mean, yeah, he's not... I do not care about this town. I did not grow up in this town. I just woke up in this town. So whatever happens in this town, I frankly, very, very frankly, do not care. I don't care about you guys. So, (laughs) I will support what you guys want. I just want you guys to be safe. Well... I, I, mayors, mayors are not forever, right? They come and go. Uh, some change hands in, in elections more than others. But for a temporary time, maybe I become the mayor and I have a station and then I go back to Diabel. And then we find some hardworking people uh, to take over. And the next uh, the next election, they, they do what they want and we go on our way. I don't know. It's just a suck. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, probably from this scene, we kind of do, like, there's, like, this, like, 
kind of like silent hanging in the moment as we crossfade to our last scene of the night because we are coming up on the end of tonight's session. And so, I know we're not done with that, but we crossfade and we see like you know the stars are out at night. You guys are all back together, and um, this time we um, we see another familiar face, the face of Elanir, who works for Rin Savinsky. So Elanir comes by finds you guys here and is very like solemn and saying like Rin is requesting an audience. She hasn't heard from you guys in a while. She's interested in possibly getting an update of some sort. If you don't mind, we have the tea just about ready. Yes. Uh, we're just waiting for our other friend Mukta. Ding, ding, ding. Coming in the door right oh, now is Mukta. There he is. Yeah. Kramer style. Everybody seems to be waiting for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, this is like my second kombucha of the night, thanks to Aurelia. Yeah, or are you guys Welcome just serving yourselves, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you scared Burl off hours ago. <laughs> yeah, so so we we show up and we're at Rin. So again, right, Rin works in this um this uh she has this kind of tent. It folds up. And during the day and then at night she peels back so it's like an open tent and while you're sitting in the middle of her shop or surrounded by all of her knickknacks and little like trinkets and her like fortune telling table right in the center you guys find yourselves looking up at the stars um, and it's a relatively clear night tonight and so you look up and there's no sense of like there's no blue glow from the fog and the lighthouse or anything it's fairly peaceful for once <clears throat> and so as you guys are kind of sitting around, she's like, uh, just very calmly sort of asking you guys, so, uh, hello, friends. It's been, it's been a while, hasn't it? You've been very busy at parties and such, from what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's, I don't, you know, I, I'm just curious. Is, is there anything more that you've learned since our last conversation that you can tell me about? I, I, I just, I still feel like there's so much... There's something more going on here, and I'm just trying to get a better picture of it. A lot, actually. Um, tell, me, tell me about the shrine again. Let's go back. You, you found a couple of ghosts inhabiting a body, I believe, and there was a shrine of some sort. Can you describe that closer? Any any details you can remember? Well, you know, there was, I remember a mosaic. I think okay. she was talking about the mud shrine and the painting on the wall. Right, we found yeah our first battle. When, oh no! Oh, when we when we when we fought uh, when we made friends with the kobolds. She has that artwork kind of on the wall, and you can see it. The one you brought back. That shrine or the shrine with the um the corpse lights. That one. Ah, Nina cannot remember. Were Did there like images on the glass uh, mosaics or? So Nulara closes. Yeah, I mean the the images of the gla- the mosaics were kind of like graveyards. I believe they're like graveyards with um, spirits coming up out of them, if I remember right. Guess I um, should have remembered that if it was a graveyard. <laughs> so it was four stained glass windows, each twenty feet tall, and depicting four haunting scenes of ghosts rising from overgrown graveyards. And Nulara sits there and closes her eyes and tries to remember anything of note. Why don't you make a perception check for me and see if Nulara can remember anything. We'll say to remember these this level of detail, we're probably looking at a DC 22 perception check. If you can remember any more than that. This is before you guys shattered it, so you can't even go back and look. 
Yeah, we check it to survive. Hang on. Sure. Perception. D- yeah, perception. What is happening? It's hard. Oh. It's hard to remember much more than that, right? So even like, not only does Nina, but New Lara has a hard time remembering anything more. Thinking back. Um. Elenir was able to glean a lot of information the first time we got there because the second time that we got there we went in there with the purpose of just killing the corpses that were inhabited by the corpse lights. Good thing Mukta and Clovis was there because I don't think Hal and I could have killed them ourselves. Yeah, Elenir is like unfortunately I all I remember from that instant was running for my life as the thing vomited blue light at us. I did not get a clear look at the actual shrine itself. Well, was there something in there? Uh, I don't know. I feel like you were... I, I, the shrine has a purpose. It's not arbitrary. What was it to? Well, uh, just earlier we had the chance to get in deeper via the lighthouse, and we actually found a library. I'm not okay, that's are that you is aware good. of this library? Uh, she shakes her head and says no, but it doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, Belcora was yes. very so, um, learned. Belcora Belcora had an, a, a right-hand man that was focused on creating these lenses to empower the gauntlet. Um, Interesting. Yeah, what's his name? His name is Volok. Volok Asri. Volok, yes. And then um, from Volok's uh, master bedroom, we found a staircase that led us deeper. And while we were there, we met up with some cultists. I'm assuming they're cultists because they kept mentioning how they wanted us to feed and offer ourselves up to the canker. The canker? The cultists were definitely dead, by the way. I mean, we killed them again, no, Clovis, but they were Clovis, already you know, dead. Clovis, you know for a fact that these were not dead. They were alive. The cultists? Yeah, the ghouls? Clovis, Clovis, the cultists? Clovis did a recall knowledge mid-combat and learned that they were not undead. What? Clovis? He's just you guys dead. don't remember? Yeah. I mean, recall we were, knowledge and... We were fighting ghouls, were we not? I think we were yeah. fighting Zigos and ones in the deeper blues were not the Zigos. Uh, they looked, I don't know, I thought they were better, I, better I, dressed they ghouls. Or, or they were discar- yeah, they were uh, disguised as ghouls. Tell you what, Mukta, they make were, a recall yeah. knowledge religion check secretly to me and I'll tell you what you might recall. Yeah, so we were down there, we got in mm-hmm. deeper, we fought against a couple of cultists who wanted our flesh because they wanted our flesh to be yeah. fed to the canker. Yeah, this canker. I've not heard of such a thing before. I'm not sure. Were you able to to learn the secrets behind the canker? No, we had to go up because uh, our bags were getting heavy, God. and we need. We also needed to rest and maybe Any- buy a tent. What about anything else? Any sort of like recurring imagery? Any any symbols? Any oh. anything? I have this you... book. Here's a book. I don't know what this stuff is. It's a bunch of hogwash to me. A bunch of garbage. Here I'm gonna get, and I'm gonna give her. I'm going to give oh. a Renzi scientific journal. Uh, we found this down there. Mm. It is not very uh, exciting. 
but perhaps you could take, make something of it. Rin like takes over the book, and you see her like she looks like really excited. By the way, Mukta, you are doubting yourself now that you're thinking back on uh, things. Like you're pretty sure that they were ghouls, but like a part of you is now thinking like maybe maybe they were something else. Maybe they weren't actually undead. But you're not sure, right? Clovis has planted a, a seed of doubt in your mind. Um, yeah, so she takes the book and she's kind of like flipping through the first few pages. And she's like, I've not heard of this Volok before. I will need some time to read this. Thank you for this font of knowledge. Oh, if you have, if you do glean any information about Volok, um, a an acquaintance of ours mentioned that he uh, he didn't like his pictures being like put up. So he was quite he was quite vain. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he was vain, and we he actually had a portrait a portrait right next to the paintings that you have here, but his was um, slashed off. But apparently it's a weakness, so if you find a picture or if... He was also apparently a trial. Okay. Well, this handwriting is consistent with a drow uh, dialect of Undercommon, so that does not surprise me. Sure, give me... I, I will need some time to pour over these notes, but maybe by tomorrow I will have something for you? Ah, uh, and uh, you know more, Libent. Little extra, sure, sure, yeah. little wizard. Apparently, the gone light will reach. That's kind of strange, isn't he? Like, I don't know. Something about that guy seems a little off. I just smile at Rin at calling someone else strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she says her tea beneath the start. Yeah. Apparently, and by the way, just sitting he is there. super yeah. strong, like super strong. That's yeah. hard for you guys to, to drink it. Yeah. Apparently, uh, the gauntlet will recharge in one month and transport another creature, be able to transport another creature to attack the town, possibly. Apparently, it needs to gather energies for one month to be able to do that again. I guess there's plenty of time, doesn't it? Yes, so it was not. If the, the, gaunt, the lighthouse is huge, I feel like we've only to see the surface of it. Well, no, we went down a few levels. But. Yes, but I think there's more. <laughs> She's kind of interested at this, too, because what she tells you, too, um, kind of paraphrasing, but, like, based on the, the legends told by the Rose Guard and the research that she had done before she traveled here and learned is that the Rose Guard never mentioned anything more than, like, two levels to this place. There was, like, a surface level, and then there was one level below... Uh, there's a large staircase leading down, and in the battle with Belcora, they collapse the ceiling, ceiling off the bottom layer of the dungeon. And so, um, after defeating Belcora, they felt pretty safe that everything was was clear, and they never, in any documented like cases or tales that she can find, ever looked below the surface of this place. So, the existence of this library, she's fairly researched on this thing before she traveled here, and she's never heard of the existence of a library down there before. Well, we definitely went down three levels and saw stairs going down even further. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds, what she's basically letting you know is it sounds like you guys are kind of treading on new ground here that even the Rose Guard themselves never explored. 
Well, sounds like a job for two rows, two guard. And then after that, rose guard, Otari drift. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So it's like in, in this moment, like she kind of like sets the book down that you gave her, puts it like under her cup of tea, takes a sip and leans back. And like her, her tone shifts a little bit and she just kind of like looks around and she says, do you mind if I share a tale with you guys? More of a anecdote, an allegory. I don't know what it is, but Please. I've I spent a large portion of my life fascinated with the stars and she looks up at the sky and you can see it from inside of her shop right dancing across our sky most people go through their entire existence without seeing the patterns in that chaos but my eyes were opened once i learned of the cosmic caravan i begin to study their meanings their patterns their effects on our world it became clear to me Despite what others may not see, the stars play a role on our material plane. And she stops here to take, like, kind of glance around and look at your faces as she sips her tea. And she kind of smiles as she reads a little bit of the skepticism in your body language. It's like, it's, it's okay. I don't take offense to your skepticism. My faith has no need for your approval. But let me ask you, when you look up right now at this guy, what do you see? What does it mean to you? And as you guys kind of instinctually look up at the sky, you can see the vastness of the sky dotted with thousands of little twinkling, sparkling dots. It's almost, the, you look up at it and it's dizzying and you almost feel small in its presence. And she seems like she's kind of waiting for maybe somebody to answer what it means to you or what do you see? I see a picture of four heroes. One with a lute, one with a bow, one with a trident. One with a little man on his shoulder. <laughs> she's like, she's kind of impressed, but she's like, you're not far off there, Hal. That is the cosmic caravan, though it takes a trained eye to spot the correct figures. The one right there, and she points at one of them, she says, that is the, the wagon. It, uh, it carries the others across the sky with its seven-pointed wheel. And she kind of like drifts back to her thought. Does anyone else have anything that the sky or stars might mean to your character that you want to share, or no? Is it just, like, awkward silence as you sip tea? Yeah, Clovis, you got anything? Your nature. Stars are uh, beautiful. How? This is uh, this is why Nalara wanted you to go camping. They are, uh, they are very relaxing and, uh, and beautiful. When you say that they are beautiful, she also says, and uh, a little frightening, if I'm frank. What do you mean? Uh, what's uh, frightening them to you? Well, Clovis, the more, for me, the more I look up, the less I see the stars. What I began to notice, no matter how many stars there are in the sky, the vast void that surrounds them is infinitely larger. She pauses for just a second. Scholars call it the dark tapestry, a void and darkness between the stars. Most believe it predates the great beyond and even Phrasma herself, as blasphemous as that might be. And you can see her kind of looking in your direction with a slight grin, Whatever the case may be, 
this dark tapestry must hold some answers to secrets that we do not even know exist yet. The outer gods, unfathomably ancient beings that exist outside of time, live their existence out there. Time and time again, stories tell of brushes with these beings. It never goes well for our world. She stops here and pauses to drink some tea. And as she does, you can see she's finished off her cup, right? And then Elanir is kind of rushing over to fill it with a pot of tea. Um, and though he's trying to hide it, you can see from the expression on his face that, like, this is not something he's heard her speak of before. And he's kind of got, I don't want to say worried, but it's definitely troubling him a little bit. But I know the stars play a role in this protection against the great beyond. I just need to learn more. Secrets lost to our world. Secrets that scholars don't dare to uncover out of fear. But my friends, I am beyond fear. I do not fear the stars, the dark tapestry, or even the outer gods themselves. What I fear, and she squirms a little uneasily in her chair before setting the tea down in the book you gave her, I fear the future in which we do nothing constrained by the uptight notions of academic study, which leads to a preventable disaster. And so I implore you, friends, keep your eyes open when you're down there. Look for imagery, iconography, patterns, anything that can tell us the purpose of this place. And if you find anything, please do not keep it from me. Do not be afraid of knowledge. Be afraid of ignorance. Why believe her? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, make what if a. She's uh, just like a big fangirl of like Bill Cora, and you want to make. You're trying to make how, how much we know. Yes. Yeah, this is like motive. a sense motives roll, right? So, anyone who wants to, you can make a sense motives roll. Make it a blind GM roll to me, and I will tell you what you. If you're trying to, if you don't want to take her face value, you are more than free to make a sense motives roll here. Is that what is that? Perception? Uh, it's a it perception. A blind GM roll, right? A blind GM roll to me, and I will uh, tell you guys. All of us? If you want to. If you want Clovis, for instance, to like see if he's trying to not to see if she's lying, then sure. I don't want to do that. I thought it was a great story, and I want to write a song about it later. Yeah, that's that sounds good to me. Here's what you get. Good. New Lara. She feels genuine. She doesn't come across as anyone who is like, she's not setting off any alarm bells in terms of like being someone that like worships something evil. There's no sort of anger or like ulterior motive behind what she's doing. You get that she is playing you a little bit. She's basically trying to uh, get her to bring you something, but you don't think that there's any any meanness or anything evil to come from it. It's just pure. What she was telling you is absolutely true. And she's trying to manipulate you into bringing her secrets that may have been lost down there. Just ask. And then, uh, Mukta, you, it's hard for you to get a read on her. Just trying to like sense motive on her. You don't get a reading that tells you one or another what you believe. So you can decide what you want to believe for yourself. Okay. So Clovis is going to, all right, right off the bat, Clovis, 100%, she, her alarm bells are going off in your head, and you can see through her deceit, you can see through her lies, you are convinced that she is probably 
in league with Belcora and knows more about her than she's letting on. And you would not trust this woman as far as you could throw her. She's using you. Straight up. The question is, did you get a natural 20 or a natural 1? 